This is Jenny Hatch, and it is the unredacted after show chat. Today is episode 12, and Glenn and Q just finished up the unredacted show for today. It is St. Patrick's Day, so happy St. Patty's Day to all of you who are Irish and everyone else who wishes you were Irish. My little maternal grandmother was a native Scots-Irish woman who grew up in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, and my inheritance from my little grandma was a great love of music, dance, theater, drama, and I love her for it. So Q and Glenn finished their show on a very somber note, a little bit of dark humor infused into their final goodbye. They said, we'll be back if we don't have a nuclear war this week. And then they left. And you kind of have to come at nuclear war with that dark humor undertone because it's really the only way to kind of face it. It's so beyond our reality in 21st century world to say, hey, guys, we might be on the cusp of a nuclear war, but the facts on the ground are this is where we're at. And this is being evidenced by people buying up all of the emergency food supplies and the potassium iodide pills, and suppliers are saying we don't have any more, they're gone. Certain people are looking into building bomb shelters, and there's just a lot of fear and terror. It's not being fanned so much by the media. I've only seen just a little bit of media talking about the reality of if we have a nuclear conflict. Uh, I do agree with both Q and Glenn that Congress has just lost its, it's just gone bananas. And uh, Nancy Pelosi today with her little river dance group and, you know, just utterly clueless, like reading a, a Bono poem is going to build the bridge and fix everything. I mean, I think she was a little bit drunk as she gave her speech. I don't know. But that, that was just how I read it. And to me, the frightening thing is thinking about who the people are who have their fingers on the nuclear buttons. That's, that's where there's, you know, some real head tripping going on. And how do we ever get to this point where we allowed these people to be in charge on the cusp of, of such a horrifying event? So I was grateful that Glenn talked about Russiagate, Hunter's laptop, the fact that that was absolutely censored before the 2020 election and your average American voter did not know anything about that because any po- anybody who posted the New York Post article on social media was immediately banned all over the internet. I watched it happen. And I'm someone who reads the journalists and the writers who've been talking about Hunter's laptop for the last two years. 
Um, there's a big group over at the National Pulse who's been all over this story for years. Natalie Winters has probably done the most significant journalism around it. There's a book called The Laptop from Hell, which I have not read yet, but I've heard that it's pretty good. John Solomon has been just, I think, the guiding light through all of the Spygate and Russiagate information. And then um, the people who are often dismissed as alt-right or extreme-right uh, and the meme meisters have been all over the story for a couple of years making their memes and videos and and uh, truth bombs. So there is a large group of people who understand that um, there's been some major insider trading between the Biden family and these international interests from Ukraine to China. There's a lot coming out of China in regards to Hunter Biden and some wheeling and dealing he did on behalf of his father, who he called the big man. And it appears that Joe Biden would get 10% of whatever Hunter was able to, to bring home. So I hope sooner than later, everyone will be aware of these things. I also think that the Clinton Foundation getting top donations from Ukraine was an important story. And that these politicians in Ukraine who were literally robbing the people of their money, um, paying off people like the Clintons, What's that all about? So I look forward to the truth coming out eventually. Until then, I think your average Joe is just concerned about surviving amidst all of this chaos. And it was prophesied in the scriptures that there would come a time when all things would be in commotion. And if this is not that time, I don't know what is. I, I think this is probably it. We are in commotion economically. We're wondering if our institutions have completely failed us. The military-industrial complex is just gunning for a war. All of their bought and paid politicians and journalists are definitely agitating for a war. And then you have the poor people of Ukraine as refugees um, being, you know, chased out of their homes. And then you've got all these different voices saying, what's what? I just read a report that said that there were some Ukrainian soldiers who held Ukrainians hostage and made them make videos and say things that were not true. And they were able to escape. So I don't know if that's propaganda, but they said that they were absolutely menacing them. And so, you know, we just don't know what to believe. So during this time of chaos, my heart is with the families out there, the young moms with little kids, 
And those who are wondering how they're going to make their dollars stretch to pay the bills and buy food and put gas in their cars. And so my message today is for just the average family out there who is wondering what they can do to make it from this payday to the next payday and be able to feed their kids. And then I want to share just a couple little things you can do to help stretch that dollar and put in just a couple of supplies that if we have a nuclear incident, you can do some practical things to help yourself. I do not believe we're going to have an all-encompassing nuclear war. I don't see that happening. That being said, I could definitely see a bomb going off somewhere in the world. And it could be any actor. It could be Kim Jong-un. It could be... Um, it could be anybody. I'm not going to even speculate beyond that. And I was on a show the other day and I was talking to the host and we were talking about this topic and I, I just said, you know, what do you think? Do you think it's going to happen? He said, no, I don't. I don't think we're going to have any nuclear activity. And if, if we do, then, you know, sucks to be us. We're all dead. End of story. And I was like, no, that's not the truth. If we have a nuclear bomb go off, of course, the people who are in the blast site, yes, in, inevitably some of those people will die. And people surrounding that area, some of them will get cancer and they will probably die. But the rest of us will be just fine. The, the bigger issue is that many of us will be completely terrorized because the bomb went off. And so, again... If the terrorizing incident of a nuclear bomb going off happens, something that has not happened since, you know, Hiroshima, I mean, I know there's been some testing, especially by the North Koreans, but I, I don't count that in, you know, a nuclear bomb used, being used under the banner of warfare. But if something was to happen, to me, it's more that the terror would become the issue than the actual bomb blast or fallout radiation. So here's a quote from Nuclear War Survival Skills, which was written by Creston H. Kearney. This is a book that if you Google that title, Nuclear War Survival Skills, the book is available for free on the internet. So here's the quote. If the danger is unexpected enough or great enough, normal persons sometimes experience terror as well as fear. Terror prevents the mind from evaluating dangers and thinking logically. It develops in two stages. The first stage is apathy. People become indifferent to their own safety and are unable even to try to save themselves or their families. The second stage is a compulsion to flee. Persons who learn to understand the nature of our inherent human traits and behavior and symptoms are less likely to become terrorized and ineffective in the event of a nuclear attack. So again, that's from Nuclear War Survival Skills by Crescent Kearney. I read that book three times 
three times and really took the message that he shared to heart. And why did I read it? Because I'm someone who grew up in a prepper home where my dad, when he was in college, sold bomb shelters. He went was a door-to-door salesman and was selling nuclear bomb shelters. So as a salesman, he learned the facts about what it took to survive. And then being raised in my dad's home, we always had supplies. We always had food storage and loaded guns and just basic survival supplies. We always had a garden and just an awareness of what it would take to survive if there was any sort of nuclear activity. And so growing up in that way was both terrorizing for me, but also practical because I just learned to think and approach life in a very proactive way. And I I think defensively. When I think about this topic, I start to move to practical solutions instead of getting terrorized. And honestly, that's where you want to be. You want to be able to think clearly and proactively, especially if you have children. So I want to share with you the story of my sister-in-law. She grew up in a little town in southern Utah. And back when she was a child, whenever the U.S. government, Department of Defense, decided to test a bomb in the deserts of Nevada, they would wait until the wind was blowing towards Utah. And then they would they would do their test bomb, and this fallout from the bomb would come and land on the people in southern Utah. They didn't want the wind going towards the west and hitting L.A. or California. No, they waited until it was moving east, and they would set off their bombs, and, and here we have this fallout that hit southern Utah. So my sister-in-law, as a cancer survivor, is one of the people they call a downwinder, downwind of of the blast. And she was affected by this fallout. And many people died in southern Utah of cancer. Many children died. And so it was acknowledged by the government, yes, we did a bad thing. There's some money here for you to help you with your medical costs. We're sorry. There was acknowledgement. Eventually, there was acknowledgement. And so my sister-in-law is one of these people. So it's easy to think, oh, my gosh, cancer survivor. She she was hit with radioactive fallout. She must have been completely messed with. And while it's true, she has had some problems. She also had four beautiful, healthy children, two of whom are doctors, One is an attorney and one is a pharmacist. And then she adopted two more children. So she's a mother of six, raised this beautiful, amazing family. She's now a grandmother of many. And she's married to my husband's brother. And she has lived a beautiful, happy, relatively healthy life. Despite the radioactive fallout that was coming from just a few miles away. And so my message to those of you who are feeling like if a nuclear bomb goes off in Ukraine or Russia or London or anywhere in North America, we're all going to die. My message to you today is that is a lie. That is not true. We are not all going to die. 
And I hope that you will take that message to heart. Now I'd like to share just some practical things you can do so that if a bomb goes off and if you are living in the state where it goes off or the next state over and you're in the path of that fallout, here's just a couple of practical things you can do. Number one, the most radioactive and damaging fallout comes down over the first day or two. So the first 48 hours, you want to stay in your house. If you don't have a bomb shelter, you can just close up all your windows and doors and move to an interior part of your home and just stay there. Stay there for a day or two. And Lord have mercy. We all have experience on lockdown. We know what that feels like. So we have the capacity to do that. And to do that for the first two days is the most important time. Ideally, you would want to stay indoors for about two weeks. That's what's best. And yes, it's better to be in a bunker with three foot thick concrete walls, perhaps underground, completely sheltered. Yes, that's better. But if all you can do is just stay inside, that's going to help you more than if you're going outside to shop or bring in water or whatever. Just stay inside. So that's the first principle, shelter away from the the fallout. The second principle is the radiation tends to concentrate in the thyroid gland. And that's why you see a lot of thyroid cancers with people who have been around nuclear fallout. So the reason why you take potassium iodide is to block that radiation from being absorbed into your thyroid gland. So if you're someone who's freaking out right now that you can't get the potassium iodide because it's all sold out, and it is, the workaround to that is to go to your local grocery store and buy some kelp, K-E-L-P, kelp. It's a sea vegetable that has natural amount of iodine in it. And what I do is you can get these kelp flakes that you can just sprinkle on your food like it's pepper. And so... Just get the kelp flakes and eat kelp for just a couple of days after the blast. Feed it to your kids. Put it in a smoothie. Just give them that kelp, and that will give you the the extra blocking that your thyroid needs. If you're absolutely convinced that you've been exposed to radiation, the other crucial step you could do would be to drink some wheatgrass juice. And wheatgrass juice flushes radiation out of the body. It's a very, very powerful cleanse. And so if you can't get your hands on it, can't get to the juice store to buy the wheatgrass or the health food store, you can get frozen wheatgrass juice that comes, it looks like ice cubes, and just keep it in your fridge. Or you could set up a wheatgrass operation in your own home and juice the wheatgrass and then drink it as your radiation flusher and it would cost you about 50 bucks to get a wheatgrass juicer and the trays and all the stuff you would need to grow the wheatgrass but it's not rocket science it's like doing a science project you know you just grow the wheatgrass and then juice it up you could even put it in your blender and just drink it like liquefied grass or if you want to get a wheatgrass juicer that pulls out the pulp and the the thick stuff. What is that called? I don't even know. 
and leaves you the juice, you could do that. I've had manual wheatgrass juicers, electric wheatgrass juicers over the years, and wheatgrass operations that I've just kind of taken care of. It's a lot of work to keep that operation healthy. And so these days I get my wheatgrass from Jamba Juice. But, you know, if there is a nuclear situation, I would very quickly start growing some wheatgrass just to have that extra therapeutic benefit of flushing radiation out over those two weeks because those are the crucial two weeks. So these are just my little workarounds to give you something to focus on. Say yes, even if you get some radiation into your body, you're going to live. You'll be fine. You'll probably be better than fine. I would even suggest to you, you have more problematic junk flowing through your veins right now because of getting the COVID vaccine than you ever have to worry about if you get hit by some nuclear fallout. And, and I stand by that statement. The bigger issue is to just not get terrorized. That's the goal. You don't want to be terrorized and become apathetic and then do something dumb like fight or flight kicks in. Okay, throw the kids in the car and let's go for a drive to grandma's or let's, no, just shelter in place. And if you're going to shelter in place, it's good to have a little bit of food. You could even just put in granola bars and cold cereal and a couple of cases of water bottles. Just something to tide you over those two weeks. And kind of, you know, trust that if a bomb goes off in Australia or China or over in Europe, it's probably not going to affect you at all, except mentally. You know, the, the radiation will come down. And while it may float on the wind for a few miles, it's not like you have to just think, we're all going to die. Who wants to live under this nuclear holocaust? It's not going to be like that. So I hope and pray that some of the things I've said just now will give you a little boost in the arm to say, yeah, we can survive this. Even if 10 or 20 bombs went off, yes, we could survive this. I don't think we're looking at a complete wipeout of humanity from some big nuclear war. Somehow, some way, I don't think God is going to allow that to happen. But I wouldn't be surprised if there's just some nuclear activity somewhere. That's just my gut feeling. So thank you for stopping by. Go listen to Q and Glenn Greenwald's show on Redacted. Today was excellent. They covered many important topics. I don't feel the need to comment on top of what, what they already said. But I did want to just get this information out about how much easier it is to live through some sort of a nuclear incident than you may think. So this is Jenny Hatch. Episode 12 of the Unredacted After Show Chat. Thank you so much for coming back on the replay. I will be back next week right after Glenn Greenwald and Q finish up their Unredacted show. And I would love to chat with you about the show. So come join me. Thanks for stopping by.
God bless.